welcome to Eco Queer Futures, the Diversity and Sustainability podcast. I'm your host, Anusha Prakash, an individual with a unique intersectional, interdisciplinary background from both business studies and the humanities. If you clicked into this podcast, it is pretty likely that you are invested in matters of diversity and sustainability, or maybe you are an academic or perhaps just a listener looking to be better informed on two topics that I believe are extremely pressing in the current times. You may have also clicked on this link because you're wondering what these two seemingly diverse terms are doing here presented together. Well, in that case, let me tell you there is in reality a lot in common between how we think of and deal with both issues, diversity and sustainability, and how both affect one another. But perhaps we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let me briefly try to offer a better understanding of the terms diversity and sustainability. A Harvard Business Review article titled Making Differences Matter, A New Paradigm for Managing Diversity by David A. Thomas and Robin J. Eli looks at diversity as something that often sought after with the view that it will increase organizational effectiveness. But what the authors argue is that it needs to be understood beyond this basic outlook, beyond mere financial facets, to consider other factors such as creativity, flexibility, individual growth, to even look beyond simple identity politics. As the civil rights advocate and race theory scholar Kimberly Crenshaw has written in her essay, Mapping the Margins, Intersectionality, Identity Politics, and Violence Against Women of Color, identity politics has been a source of strength, community, and intellectual development for marginalized and oppressed communities, but that it frequently conflates or ignores intra-group differences. Simply put, Identity politics does not always take into account intersectionality and therefore, when we visit issues of diversity, not just in the workplace but in every aspect of our lives, we need to look beyond identity politics. To return to Thomas and Eli's article, their research offers a solution in that it shows that organizations usually follow one of two paths when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Assimilation or differentiation, both of which limit diversity's true potential. And to counter this, they suggest a new paradigm, integration. Simply put, assimilation is asking members of diverse groups to conform to existing standards and status quo, whereas differentiation is to set apart diverse groups entirely in the organization based on their unique identities. Both of these approaches do not help benefit the larger objective of true diversity. Instead, they argue, integration involves ensuring diverse groups and their respective skill sets are valued and that they form a part of the organization while remaining true to their authentic, specific identities. So how does one achieve this idea of integration? Thomas and Eli offer a number of steps in this direction. Number one, Encourage discussing cultural backgrounds. Two, eliminate hierarchies that hinder contribution. Three, secure trust by fairly, competently, and sensitively handling any and all tensions that arise. 
Importantly, it is necessary to understand that diverse demography alone is not sufficient. Instead, diversity should be defined by how it is adopted, how comfortable and safe employees feel to speak up, to leverage their specific cultural backgrounds in doing their jobs. So now with this brief introduction to the term diversity, let's shift our focus on understanding what we mean by sustainability. For this, I'm going to refer a book titled The Age of Sustainable Development, written by Jeffrey D. Sachs, specifically a chapter titled What is Sustainable Development? As we all know, climate change, worldwide poverty and wealth inequalities, political conflicts and exploitation are widespread and rampant issues in today's times. In order to manage these exacerbating conditions in an age where we, as Sachs puts it, quote, share the exhilaration of the new information age and also the fears of global-scale environmental disruption, unquote, we need to consider this idea of sustainable development. Sustainable development is envisioned as the world's guiding force in economic diplomacy in the future, for which the roots need to be sown today. So what is sustainable development? Sustainable development involves the interaction of three complex systems, the world economy, global society, and Earth's physical environment. It calls for a world in which economic progress is equitable across the world, poverty is eliminated, governments and policies are trustworthy and effectively exercised, and most crucially, the environment is protected from human-induced degradation. Toward this end, there are also specific goals put forth called Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, which focus on socially inclusive and environmentally sustainable economic growth and good governance to manifest these goals. But for theory and practice to come together effectively, initiatives need to begin from the space of governments and businesses across the world. Think along the lines of eco-friendly packaging, waste management by corporations, recycling of old technological gadgets, making conscious efforts towards energy conservation, policy making, etc. So with this in mind, let me now pivot into the objectives of this podcast and explain why I started this podcast and what insights we can hope to gain from it. This podcast is part of a larger goal to examine the capitalist enterprise reparatively, that is, to view it not as the enterprise that has doomed humanity, but instead that which holds the potential for bringing about positive change and undoing historic damage. These terms, diversity and sustainability, affect each and every one of us, even if you do not work in a corporate establishment or if you do not think of yourself as a consumer of unethical brands. Capitalism is, in its current form, the cause of social injustice and inequality, as well as the primary culprit in the exacerbation of climate change. But what I argue is that it does not need to stop there. Capitalism can and should be used for good, and I firmly believe that it begins in these two areas. Importantly, there is plenty of research that indicates that issues of climate directly affect marginalized groups more significantly than other communities. 
We can take simple examples such as lack of access of clean drinking water, which often affects individuals who are poor and from lower class and caste backgrounds. Similarly, tsunamis, floods, earthquakes, and other natural calamities whose root cause is climate change disproportionately affects poor and marginalized groups who are unable to recover from the loss of their homes and livelihoods. This can also be seen in the evidence that poor and marginalized groups are often employed in industries that bear exposure to weather, such as construction and agriculture. For instance, the heat waves or extreme cold conditions which we are seeing in the world directly affects those who rely on manual labor for their livelihood. It is with this view that this podcast hopes to reflect on texts, videos and other media that explore the possibility of eco-queer futures, where capitalism helps and does not hinder. Through this podcast, I hope to better educate myself and in the process introduce texts in these themes to any listeners who hop on along the way. With that, thank you for listening to this introductory episode of this podcast. I'll be back very soon with more insights and discussions on defining the possibilities of our eco-queer futures. Thank you, goodbye, and stay green.